Hey guys, and I want to welcome you to the Straight Talk with Hope podcast. I'm Hope Lamberson, and I am giving it to you straight out of God's Word through practical and biblical conversations, interviews that brings grace and truth and freedom to every person that tunes in. Thanks for subscribing and tuning in, and let's get started. What's up, everybody? And I want to welcome you to another episode of Straight Talk with Hope. I'm your host for this show, Hope Lamberson. I'm so excited to meet with you guys today just for a few minutes of your time. And I don't know about y'all, but right now it is a little gloomy outside with a little bit of hazy rain going on. So I'm just sipping on my coffee right now. And I have been thinking a lot about these last few days on the subject of sacrifice. I don't know if you guys are experiencing this in your life, maybe even in the last few years um, with different things that have gone on, but sacrifice has really been big on my heart lately. Um, There's a lot of reasons why it has. Um, For those of you who know, we are actually going to be moving. When I say we, I mean me and my beefcake, who is my spouse, and my three boys to Portland, Oregon in a matter of a few months. So moving from the South all the way across the country to the Pacific Northwest is huge. Um, And it's so exciting um, with so many different things that we have been navigating through literally these last uh, few months. It's been very active in our household on the weekends in making preparations to do so. But today I want to talk about hashtag sacrifice. Um, You know, this is something that really I'm finding more and more, especially in this particular season of my life of not taking that word for granted. You know, we've all kind of made different sacrifices along the way of our life. In fact, if you're listening to this podcast today, you know, maybe jot down a few sacrifices that were significant in your life, maybe that you or your family um, made at some point along your journey of life. Some may be big, some may be small, whatever it may be. But nonetheless, let's talk about it. I mean, sacrifice is a sacrifice. Um, I was actually thinking back to this um, in my younger days, kind of, you know, probably when I had just kind of turned close to 20. And I was reminded of a tragic um, situation that happened when my father passed away. I had just literally turned 20 years old. Um, actually, I was. It was actually before I was twenty. I was nineteen and just a few days shy from twenty when my father died of an unexpected heart attack. And you know, there were so many things that we had to process as individuals, but also as a family. But also, there were some sacrifices that I knew that I didn't want to make, but I knew the Lord was asking me to make. (laughs) I literally was just thinking about this this morning about this. And one of those things was when that happened, um, my plan for my life was to honestly go into the mission field, be a missionary and gonna, I was gonna go to Africa and, you know, preach the gospel, do what God was calling me to do. You know, that's a huge sacrifice in itself, leaving everything to go and do this. And I was going to be single for the rest of my life doing this for Jesus and not look back. 
And then that tragedy happened and I was still like on plan with that. Like I was going to do that. But the Lord really dealt with my heart about, I want you to go back home. (laughs) And honestly, I did not want to. I did not want to go back home just because, I mean, like, I just personally didn't. There was a lot of different reasons. But I knew it was going to require great sacrifice. And really, it didn't even have anything to do with me or what I was wanting for my life. It really had to do with being there for the people that were closest to me um, in my life, which would have been my mom, kind of being a stability person that she needed um, for a year, year and a half um, to keep her going in the right direction and really kind of be a strength for her during that year. So it was a very um, humbling thing that I had to do, but nonetheless, I knew the Lord was asking me to make that sacrifice. (laughs) So lo and behold, like, of course, Africa got put on hold and then God totally just changed that plan um, from that point on just to continue to stay in the place where I was at and then begin to be a supply. Um, However, the Lord would have me see fit um, to my local church and community and our pastor. Um, And so that was one of the first sacrifices um, that I can remember that was significant. You know, sacrifice means this. There's so many great definitions. It means to let go of what is comfortable. It means what we cling to. It means something that we love or hold dear. It means to see and receive what will be better. It means to leave our own will and to do his will, his will meaning God. What is God's will? It means to surrender something at the sake of something else. It also is living a life. This is my favorite definition, y'all. Living a life that is greater than oneself. That is true sacrifice. You know, when I think of sacrifice, I also think about the word trust. And I've seen this time and time again in my life and really in the last few years of my life is that whatever God is asking me to sacrifice, I truly can't sacrifice my own will of what God is asking me to give up and sacrifice if I'm truly not trusting God. They don't go one without the other. I can't trust God if I'm not willing to sacrifice. And if I'm not willing to sacrifice, I have to trust God. You can't just pick sacrifice without trust or pick trust without sacrifice. Makes sense? You have to have both of those trust and sacrifice. Because what you're doing is you're telling God whatever he's asking you to give up or lay down your own plan or your own will to pick up his will You're trusting him that he's got your life figured out better than you do, right? Even if we don't understand it, it doesn't make sense. We think God has probably lost his mind or how could he ask me to go back or do this or move forward or go there, whatever it may be. (laughs) That is what God is asking us to do. He's not necessarily trying to show us the process immediately and how to get there and how it's going to pan out. He's just asking us to be willing and obedient to truly sacrifice by truly trusting him. 
You know, God wants us to take him at his word. That is what trust means. And we know this even in physical relationships when we're with conversations with people, you know, we're trusting that what they're telling us is the truth. And God is saying the same thing. We're trusting God that his word is better than our words coming out of our own mouth. His plan is better. His time is better. He wants us to understand and trust him that whatever he's asking us to do and whatever the process is and however it's going to go down, that we are continuing to move forward and trust him through the good times, through the bad times, through the horrible times, through the things that don't even make a lick of sense. He's just saying that if you're going to sacrifice at whatever cost to do what he's asking us to do, then it's going to require us to truly trust him. You know, sacrifices of trust can cause our life to flourish. If we don't sacrifice what God is asking us to do or, you know, whatever that may look like, not only will our life not flourish, but we will begin to fail. We will begin to fail in so many different areas of our life and nobody likes to fail. I personally can't stand to fail. You know, they say you're your worst critic, and I would have to totally agree with this on myself. I don't like to fail in front of people. I don't like people to see my flaws and mistakes and see where I have failed or missed it on, you know, different levels or whatever that may be. And honestly, I don't know anyone out there that says, yeah, I'm I'm a failure. I like it when people see my failures. Nobody really can truly 100%, I believe, agree to that statement or say that. But here's what I do know. When we're willing and obedient to do what God is asking us to do through the sacrifice that he is asking us to make, our life begins to flourish and not fail. It doesn't mean we're exempt from tests and trials and hard times and things along the process of the journey of going through the sacrifice or whatever it means, but it means that God has got us. He's got our back. He is still rewriting our story that he has for our life, and he wants us to not just do good, but to do the works that God is asking us to do through our sacrifice of obedience and trusting God so that our life can truly flourish so much in a way, y'all, that when we sacrifice and live this sacrificial life of trust and we begin to see our life flourish, God begins to reward us and bless us in ways that no man ever could. I'm going to say that again, that no man could ever do. I'm going to get into this a little bit later on this subject of between trusting God and trusting man, because it blew my mind when I read a scripture in Psalms 118.8. And it's actually come to find out dead center of the middle of your Bible. There's 594 other, I think it's like either chapters or verses. I can't remember which one before Psalms 118.8 and 594, same thing. I can't remember chapters or verses after Psalms 108.18 and 8. But Psalms 118 and 8 is the middle part of our Bible. When I think that God puts something in the middle of something, he wants us to pay attention to it. And I love God's sense of humor because if we actually take time to hear what God is saying and see what he wants to do, our lives can begin to flourish in a way that only God says, I can bless you. I can see that you're doing what I'm asking you to do through your sacrificial life by trusting me. So many people 
in the Bible have made sacrifices. I mean, honestly, the list goes on and on from the teenagers, the disciples, down to the men and the women of the Bible, down to the people that were flawed and failed, down to the people who really got their crap together and started to flourish in the things of God. You know, I am reminded of actually four people that I I was thinking about last night when I was doing, you know, wanting to do this podcast episode and four people came to mind. There's uh, actually three women in the Bible that came to mind and one uh, guy that came to my mind. The first one was Mary. You know, Mary's this teenager, right? She's in love. She's digging Joseph. Like she's just totally into the guy. And, you know, their plan was to be married and then start this life and they were going to just figure it out. But then like Mary has this angel appear to her and you know the story, the angel comes to Mary and is like, girl, you are about to have a baby. Like you are not just going to have a baby. I'm going to impregnate you with this child. He's going to be called the Messiah, the son of God. And he is going to sacrifice his own life for the savior and the failures of all these people so that he can save them from their mistakes and sins. You know, I can't imagine being Mary. First of all, she had a lot on the line. She's getting pregnant. She's not married. She has a reputation to keep. Her plans have been so altered. She hasn't even told Joseph, uh, by the way, this like angel came to me and he was super bright and had wings or whatever it was. And I try not to freak out. And he said, a baby's going to come in me and we're not married. And now I've ruined everything and our plans are ruined. And to top it off, this guy is going to save everybody from all their mistakes and sins and still love them and restore them. Like he's going to give up his own life, not just as the son of God and Messiah, but he's going to walk the earth as a freaking human being. Like that's what he's going to do. <laughs> and she goes to Joseph and she tells him this. And of course, dude is tripping, right? Like he is like, what in the world is happening? He begins to get afraid, which many of us would. I mean, we might even think Mary is a little, you know, like what has happened to her memory? And basically he goes back and an angel again appears to him and tells him like, dude, calm yourself. Like this is part of the plan. I know you had your plan, but this is part of the plan. And it is a sacrifice because now you're you're going to be married and you're going to have a baby and all this, you know, and it's not in the right time frame in the order, but it's okay. I've got this and we're going to do this together, but I need you to stick by Mary. I need you to stay by Mary and I need you to be the father to Jesus, you know. And so he starts to be okay with this. Mary had to make a sacrifice. Joseph had to make a sacrifice. But not only did Mary and Joseph have to make a sacrifice, Jesus, from the time he is growing up at a young age, I mean, 12 years old, it says he was about his father's business. He was walking in human form, just like you and I, faced with the same temptations, the same crazy people out there, the same hardships that he's seen of people being mistreated and hurt and wounded. He's seeing people experience loss and death and all kinds of things, but he's also seeing good in the world too. And yet he's walking this life as a human being in a man, knowing the sacrifice of what he's got to leave a life that is comfortable and do the world from their mistakes and their failures and be willing and okay to give his life for it. You know, not only was Jesus having to 
make this sacrifice, but, and I'm going to come back to this on the Psalms 118 scripture we're going to read. He was so much like torn even about what God was asking him to sacrifice and do, as you can imagine. I mean, I can't even imagine that. Giving your life for someone that you know, but they're not right. You know, but maybe they're not truly repentive or you know, but they don't really want to be restored, you know, or whatever it may be. And yet you're going to give your life for this person just so they can come in a relationship with you and know you and know about your love. That's powerful. Then you had another woman in the Bible who is actually known as Moses's mother. I don't know how to say her name, but it's something like Josheabed or something. I don't know, something like that. But this is Moses's mom who was a Hebrew, who Moses was a Hebrew, but he was living in a land of slavery, growing up um, in slavery and his mother as a slave within her uh, Hebrew culture, but being taken over by the Egyptians. And so she has this baby and she hears the Pharaoh of the land of Egypt saying, anybody that has a baby boy is going to basically, we're going to slaughter your children is what the Bible says. And, you know, we're not going to have them apart. So she keeps her baby hidden literally for three months for his protection but she knows she's going to have to make changes. I mean, Moses is going to grow, obviously, right? He's going to make more noises. He's a three-month-old. And so he's going to have different needs that you're going to have to show, you know, that you can no longer keep hidden. And so she weaves this basket and basically she waterproofs this basket, puts her baby, y'all, this is a sacrifice. This woman is taking something that she holds dear, that she loves, that she clings to, that is keeping comfort within her. And she puts her child in a basket, in a river. I mean, it's rare. I mean, I don't know about back, back in those days in Bible times. I know there's two and three months olds that learn to swim at a young age now or whatever that age is, is for swimming lessons with that. I don't know. But I don't think they were teaching swimming lessons back in uh, Egypt 2,000 years ago. They might have had a swim coach. I don't know. But she puts her baby in the basket and sends him down the Nile just trusting that as she's making this sacrifice that she feels in her heart that God is asking her to make, she's being willing and she's being obedient. She's surrendering something that she holds dear, which is her child, Moses, at the sake of something else in hopes that whatever God is asking her to do, he's going to cause Moses's life to flourish. Y'all better hear me. I'm about to preach up on this subject. <laughs> I am so serious. Like she is like, I am trusting God with his plan because what God can do in Moses's life is greater than what the mother can do. Can I just say that to all the, the parents and the men and the women and whatever, that if you're raising kids, like trust God with his plan more for your children than you're trying to trust and figure out their plan for their life on your own terms. I don't know who needs to hear that, but literally I know there are children, but they're God's children. We are God's children. So whatever you're dealing with or struggling with, even with your children, or it doesn't seem like they're getting it or they're making a wrong turn, or you're just trying to so carefully navigate their life down to the step, hey, bring God back into the equation. Bring God back into it and say, God, these are your, your children. You do what you want to do in their lives, in their friendships, in their health, in their relationships. 
You take hold of their purpose in their life and you do it. I give it back to you. This was your idea. You have it. And Joshebed, Moses's mother, is doing this. She is giving her baby down the Nile River. And later, the, the flourishing part of Moses's life, y'all, is that Moses, as he's discovered at the end of the Nile River, basically God sends Pharaoh's daughter, who turns out to be really Moses's sister, Miriam, who sees the baby, gets baby Moses out, adopts the baby for herself, and then has this grand idea to go back and have the Hebrew mother, who is Joshebed, to nurse and care for the child till he's able to do without the nursing part from his mom and start to live this protected, secured life of keeping his life safe and protected, all because of his mother's sacrifice. Then if that wasn't enough, as Moses is growing up in the Egyptian Pharaoh's palace, surrounded by Egyptians, and mind you, he's still Hebrew, he goes in there and he's doing all that he knows to do. And he sees people being even mistreated. He sees another um, culture mistreating another culture from what he is from. And he is angered by it as anybody would. And on top of that, he makes a mistake. He not only says things that he shouldn't have said out of emotion, out of fear, which we've all done, but he, he begins to take it a step further and he murders this guy who is mistreating the person that is Hebrew. And so after that, He's like, I'm done. I can't stay here in the palace anymore. He leaves, goes off, tries to live this life and lives a life for I don't know how many years separated from what God is asking him to do. And, and in that time and in that moment, God asked Moses why he is alone on his own after leaving one place. God asked him to go back to the same exact place and do what he was asked to do. And that was to lead millions out of Egypt to deliver them from Egypt. Y'all, Moses had so many reasons, so many excuses. He stuttered. He was like, I'm Hebrew. I snuck into the palace. I murdered this other guy who was Egyptian. Like he kept coming with the excuses why God couldn't use them because of his failures. When God was saying, no, regardless of your flaws and failures and mistakes, I still want you to flourish in life. The plan has never changed. You may have screwed up over here, Moses, but the plan had never changed from the moment your mother, Joshebed, was willing and obedient to sacrifice what I asked you to sacrifice and do and put you down the Nile River. And then my protection began to flourish around your life. And then he goes on and guess what? Moses obeys what God's asking him to do. He sacrifices his own will. He goes back to Pharaoh's house. He boldly stands up for who he is and what he believes in. And he delivers the people out of Egypt. Was it easy? No. Was it scary? Yes. Did he understand the plan and the process as God was showing him? Heck no, he didn't. You know, but all these things that he kept moving past one test after another, he was willing to live a life greater than himself. Another person I'm reminded of this is in Genesis 22, 20, 22 verses 2 and 3. Two through three, you have Abraham. Everybody knows the story as well. Abraham is like 
the the father of all the descendants of the stars. God promises him all this is inheritance. But, you know, Abraham and Sarah, like they're ancient, they're old. They don't know if their stuff is working and everything. And so they want a baby, but it's not happening. And so they go about doing it the wrong way. And then that is messed up. And then God restores it and redeems it. And then they do it the right way. And Abraham is a hundred years old. He was having faith to have his own child. A hundred years old, and he has the very thing that God, he has believed God for. And in return, the very thing that he stood for so long that God had given him and blessed him with and caused his life to flourish with, God then comes to Abraham and says, are you willing to sacrifice it? Are you willing to do what is comfortable and convenient, even the thing you stood for and prayed for and believed for, willing to sacrifice it at the greater cost of your life flourishing even more than what man could offer? That is deep. <laughs> that is so deep. And here's why it is deep. In Psalms 118.8, it says this. I want you to hear this verse as I'm saying this. It says that it is better to take refuge, or we could say another word for refuge just means shelter or protection. It is better to take refuge or shelter or protection in the Lord than to trust any man. It didn't say you just trust, trust men that have good character, a good rapport, or good reputation, even though that's all good and needed and we need all that. But he said, you're not to just trust man and any man he says you're to trust in god meaning one's character of a man may be awesome and great and that's fantastic but you don't trust man over god ever you don't trust man over anything that god is asking you to do we put our trust and our refuge and our protection in the lord because it is better is what psalms 18 says and so abraham there's a common pattern that I have seen in studying the, these men and these women in the word of God and different sacrifices that God was saying, you know, I want you to do. I want you to be willing with this. I want you to be obedient with this. I want you to let go of what's convenient and comfortable and could be good and could even work out and what you cling to and even things that you hold dear. Y'all, a lot of these people, even in the Bible, making these sacrifices they, it had to do with their children. I mean, shut the front door. Like it had to do with their children. So many of them, it had to do with their, their families. It had to do with all these things. And, and he's saying here, he's saying, regardless of that in Psalms 18, it, it, he's telling us to trust the Lord over any man's advice, over any man's opinion, even what any man can offer you. Man can offer you the world. Okay, different men and women uh, can offer you uh, better benefits or better paying jobs or high paying jobs or you're, you're going to get this here and not get this there. And that may be true and that may look good and seem good. But I'm here to tell you right now, whatever God is asking you and I to sacrifice, it better be that we're just not willing and obedient to make the sacrifice. But should we never find ourselves lowering our standards and settling because we're trying to compromise what men can offer better? than what God says, this is the promise, this is the way, this is the flourishing thing that I have for your life and your family. Don't be given in to the things of the world or even the things that, that, that man would try to offer. Don't ever let that overtake what God is offering. Because God says, 
it is good. He says it, it will cause you to flourish. And there's a blessing and there's a miracle and there's a financial thing that can turn around. There's a health thing that can turn around that only God can do that. He can show his goodness on your life and where he can get the glory where man does not get the glory for it. Are you hearing me today? <laughs> a man likes to take glory. We all like people to pat us on the back and to tag us on Instagram and, and put us on social media. Look what they said and look what they did. And, and it's because of them. No, it's because of God. Because where I'm at personally in my own life uh, of what God has asked me to do and sacrifices he's going to continue to ask me to make. If I'm doing it the way that God is wanting me to do it, I'm always taking the higher route. And that is what God is. That is what God can offer. And you know what? Through that, God can work through men to give on your behalf. Through that, God can say, you know what? I can flourish you over here and I can speak to man's heart that will add to what I'm calling you to do and take you and cause you to flourish in a land where there is milk and honey like no other. But I want you to take the higher route. Don't always go with what is being offered. That's a whole nother message in itself. And, and people will try to come and persuade us. Okay. Abraham, bless his heart. And you can't blame him. Isaac, his son, he's like, okay, we're going to sacrifice. And I don't see an offering, you know, dad, and, and what's going to happen. And I know when you sacrifice something like you got to kill something, you got to burn something, you got to lay something down so that something else better can come and happen. And he's trying to have this conversation and he's trying to talk to his dad while he's going to make preparation up the hill. And, Mo and Abraham's trying to be obedient and do what God is asking him to do. And, and, you know, he doesn't directly answer Isaac about what Isaac is trying to say. But Isaac is trying to um, Isaac is basically trying to tell Abraham, like, not just where is the sacrifice and how are we going to get it and how is this going to work, but he's trying to talk him into there must be another way there. I don't see it, but there must be a, another solution out there. You know, he, he's telling him, you know, where is the sacrifice? And at that point in time, Abraham could have said, you know what, God? No, I'm not sacrificing. I know you love me. I know I want to be willing and obedient, but I just can't sacrifice it. I cannot do it. Lord, this is the very thing that I pray for, the very thing that you came through. And, and but the thing is, is that Abraham was so in tune with what God was asking him to do with the sacrifice, that he realized in his life that there was nothing he could give up for God. There was nothing that he could give up for God that he knew that God wouldn't cause his life to flourish and that God would not restore it. Another person I'm reminded about that gave great sacrifice is Ruth. You know, here Ruth is going through a lot of grieving and a lot of loss, as you can imagine. She's lost her husband, um, Naomi, who is her mother-in-law, has lost a son, and she has gone through devastation as well. And so um, Naomi is basically telling Ruth, like, if you go to this other land and start over and start your life, it'll be better. She's like encouraging her, like, I can't offer you anything anymore with the loss of this other people and things that are here in this land. But if you go to this other land, there will be security, protection, um, finances will probably be there. And then you'll be able to get married there. And, and those were some desires that Ruth had down in her heart that she knew that she wanted, that she needed. But yet on the flip side, God was asking Ruth to make a sacrifice. 
he was asking her, like, I, I see the dream. I see the plan. I see what you have in your heart. But I need you to make a sacrifice and go back and be with Naomi, even though Naomi says not to. Even though she's offering you another way over here that would be better and seem better. He's asking, Jesus is asking Ruth to go back and be with Naomi. She had to make sacrifices. You know, she goes back and she's obedient to go and be with Naomi and help her. And in the process of that, her life begins to flourish that only God could cause her life to grow and flourish and be better than what man actually could offer her in another land because her obedience to the Lord of her true sacrifice and truly trusting that God saw her desires, it actually came to pass and happened Why she was in the land with Naomi. She ended up getting remarried. She ended up having a child. All these desires that she had, her life began to flourish. I'm sure her flesh was screaming like, yeah, no, I don't want to go back and be with my mother-in-law, right? I don't want to deal with that. Like she's grieving. I'm grieving. Everybody's grieving. And so why would I want to go and do that when I can already have built in security and protection here and my life would already look better here because it's convenient. It's comfortable. You know, I'm holding on to it. But yet God had another plan. Yet God was asking her to live a life greater than what her own self wanted to live and even what a man could offer her. And this is what Psalms 118.8 is saying. It's saying, y'all, that if I truly trust God at his word, at his time, at his process, then every dream, desire, goal that he's asking me to fulfill and do with my life and the purpose and the direction he wants to take my life will flourish in such a way that only God can bless and see the good and God can only get the glory whether as staying at a place where only man can get the glory. And a lot of times during sacrifice, we have to check ourselves, right? You know, we can find excuses of why we can't sacrifice or why we can't uh, truly trust God or why you quit believing in God. Maybe you think you fell too much or he's failed you. You know, God has not failed us. We don't know all the answers to why things happen with different people and all these different things. But I'm here to tell you right now that God's ways are better than our ways. God's ways are better than man's ways. God's ways and what God wants to do in us and through us, regardless of anything we face or gone through or been flawed or failed at or whatever is out even ahead of us in the future. God knows the beginning and the end and in the middle is where he is asking us to make the sacrifice. He's asking us to say, will you take, right? Will you take the narrow road instead of the broad road? I was just telling my son this other day, I'm like, what is God asking you to do in this situation? Like, have you even prayed about it? Like, I know what you want to do. I know what you think is right. And, and you're planning it out on your brain, how it's going to go down and all these kinds of things. But I said, when was the last time that you took time to get quiet before God and say, is this your plan? Is this your way? Is this really how you're asking me to do this? And God, would you do it this way? And we have to align ourselves 
with the word of God and shut out the different voices and distractions and, and even the things that seem good and still may even be good what man can offer and do, but not at the cost of the sacrifice and the plan and the purpose that God has for our lives because it's convenient and comfortable and everybody's doing it this way and that way and pat me on the back here and there. What is God saying? Are we living a life greater than oneself? That is true sacrifice. That is what God is asking all of us to do. That is what he asked Mary to do and Mary and Joseph to do and Joshebed, Moses' mother to do and Moses to do and Abraham to do. That is what he asked Ruth to do. And the list goes on and on and on. That is what he asked Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the King of Kings to do. Even though there are times in our lives where we're like, there has to be another way. There has to be another plan or path or not this way or not that place or not with those people, <laughs> right? There, there has to be. And God is saying to all of us, truly sacrificing means truly trusting God at his word. And so I don't know if that helped you. I know I preached myself happy. Um, because I am determined more than ever in my life, um, than ever that I want to live my life that is flourishing, that God could only cause it to flourish in a way that when people see my life personally and they see my family and my boys and whatever God has for them and what they're to do on the earth and accomplish. And when they see my marriage and my finances in whatever it may be, that they don't see us, they don't see me, that they see God and God gets the glory so much so that they're like, how could that happen? How could God still bless them and do that and restore that and heal them and do this and do that? It doesn't make any sense in the natural and it doesn't add up. And it seems like it should have been this way and that way and why this and why that and all these things. But they look at my life and they look at it and see that it is God. It is only by the grace of God where I am at today. It is only by God's goodness and faithfulness and his love and his sacrificial love that he saw me that even though there are flaws and mistakes and whatever else and doubts and fears and, and whatever it may be that we all face and go through on so many different levels that I choose to sacrifice, that I choose to live my life is not my own, that I choose to say, God, whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, whatever you have for me, that you're praying these dangerous, big faith prayers that totally scared the freak out of you, basically, and you're giving yourself wholly to God and saying, I will do what you're asking me to do, no matter what it costs, God, whatever you're asking me to do, that we do it with your plan and your timing and your protection and your hand on it, that you get all the glory, that it is the only way out there that when people see it, they say only God could have done that. Only God could have done that. Only God, only God, only God, only God. Because it's in the trusting process is where I'm going to see my life begin to truly be beautiful and healed and restored and allow God to do what only he can do with the purpose that he has for our lives. So what is he asking you to sacrifice? 
What is he asking you to lay down that is comfortable, that is convenient, even that may others may offer? Don't let it be at the sake of what your purpose is, purpose is to do here on the earth and the sacrifice that he's asking you to make. God is for you. God is with you. God says that he loves you so much that he sacrificed his own life knowing that people would still reject him and sin against him and not be worthy to call themselves a Christian, to know him, to even carry out what they were carried out here on the earth to do, that he still was willing to sacrifice and lay it all on the line at the sake of living a life greater than himself. Guys, I hope... Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in today's episode. I want to say thank you to all of our listeners and subscribers. Hey, if you are new and have not subscribed yet, go ahead and do so. You can find us on Apple iTunes, as well as all of our previous uh, episodes for Straight Talk with Hope. You can also find us on Facebook of Hope Lamberson, as well as Hope Lamberson. Check out all what's on that page there. Subscribe to the quarterly newsletter to get your declarations of hope sent straight via email directly to you. I hope you guys have an amazing day today. And remember, regardless of what is lost in your life, that there is still hope. We'll see you back here next time again. Have an amazing day.